I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. This is the 2020 NBA Finals Game 5 reaction podcast, one in which... The Miami Heat won by a score of 111 to 108 uh, to rescue their season and force a game six and sensational game. First off, I have to say sensational game. The Lakers uh, did everything possible to try to close out the series in five games. And the Heat, they I mean, they did everything possible to extend their season. And it was just a great battle between two teams that... Um, I would not say are evenly matched. I would still say the Lakers are favored, as uh, given the fact that they're three-two in the series and they have fewer injuries to uh, manage than the Miami Heat do. But my goodness, man, what a game! I mean, honestly, the last the last three games have of the finals have been sensational. Obviously, the first two, the Lakers winning it, you know, easily. The the, the Heat being severely shorthanded. Um, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> that's something that is completely forgettable now. I mean, it's irrelevant. What we've seen in the last three games um, are just actual, honest to goodness, finals level basketball. Like, forget the fact that you know there might be discrepancies on either side. The last three games have been incredibly entertaining. The Lakers obviously making huge plays in Game Four. Jimmy Butler was sensational in Game Three. Of course, uh, Bam wasn't in that game. And today, kind of a repeat of that game where um, Jimmy Butler played. It's just a sensational game to keep the Heat season alive. I mean, to be honest, I have to say, first off, I didn't think Butler had this level in him. Um, you know, obviously, he was a very, very good player, very, very um, accomplished player, you know, all-star, max-level player, all-NBA. All that stuff is completely deserved, and, you know, I knew Butler had it in him. But to do this on the final stage, and not just in Game 3, where obviously he had that ridiculous 40-11-13 game with Kelly Olenek riding shotgun, but today, even better from Jimmy Butler, who, I mean, first off, this man played 47 minutes. Actually, specifically, he played 47 minutes and 12 seconds. He sat a total of 48 seconds at the end of the first quarter. That's it for the entire game. And what he did throughout this course of this game was not only carry the Miami Heat in terms of the scoring, in terms of the assists, uh, but also defensively too, guarding LeBron for a huge portion of the game, if not the entire game. I mean, obviously, Butler was playing more than LeBron, so he had to guard someone else. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Butler has now done this twice, and twice in three games. And the incredible stamina that this takes uh, is unbelievable because the way this game shook out, the Miami Heat led for the most of the game. Uh, and then the Lakers, um, you know, they they made a push. They went ahead, and then the and then it was sort of back and forth, back and forth, and it was literally shot for shot. The the, cha- the score of the game, um, the lead changed seven times in the last three minutes, and a lot of that was just Jimmy Butler scoring, then LeBron scoring, then Jimmy Butler scoring, then LeBron scoring, and it was just it's just an incredible competition going back and forth. And the the fact that Butler could be going shot for shot with LeBron. 
I just don't think many people thought he had that in him. Um, I mean, the only person who did was was probably Jimmy Butler, who, who told everyone at the beginning of this bubble that he's here to win it all. And, like, I don't know how many people took him that seriously, but, damn, you have to take him seriously here. Jimmy was sensational. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals, a block. Um, and, of course, the uh, the game-winning, uh, the go-ahead free throws at the end, the game-winning free throws uh, on, on a clever possession. Um and, and, you know, and I think a lot of people are going to focus so much on the fact that Danny Green missed a wide open three and the, you know, oh, LeBron passed, you know, MJ would have never, whatever, all this other crap. Like, you know, for for sure. I mean, Markeith Morris made a really boneheaded pass. I, I totally get it. But at the same time, you have to give Butler his credit first and foremost. First and foremost. There's, there's going to be a time for that. I'm going to discuss that in a second. But Jimmy was sensational in this game. Uh, you look at down the stretch, my... F- I mean, my jaw was on the floor when I saw this one sequence where, I believe in a one-point game, the Heat were down. Jimmy Butler blocks LeBron driving at him one-on-one. I mean, that's not easy to do, but blocks LeBron with five seconds left. The ball goes out of bounds. Clean block. Again, just great, incredible strength to block LeBron. Down the inbound pass, the the ball comes inbound to um, Alex uh, Caruso under the rim. And what does Jimmy do? He comes in, he swipes down on the ball, he gets the steal. Then he leads the fast break. He goes in, transition, uh, and, and he scores an and one, which was clearly an and one. Somehow the referees called a foul on the floor. They negated the whole play. Uh, they had to reset. Must have been incredibly frustrating. Just think about it. Like three minutes left, you just made this great defensive possession. You get this and one. You, you The Heat were struggling for scoring at that point. Uh, you know, just the emotions there. But what does Jimmy do? He's completely composed. He just comes back right after the next possession. Admittedly, he kind of drives, you know, they didn't really get too much, but uh, him keeping his dribble alive, he had the presence of his mind to kick it out. And Duncan Robinson had just made himself open, and uh, Butler was able to find Robinson for three, and that gave the Heat a one-point lead. Again, what we're talking about there is a block on LeBron, a steal, an and one that got waved off, and then an assist to a three-pointer. Sensational. And then Butler, down the stretch, just making incredibly difficult shots multiple times, man. One on one on the baseline, little step back, short, you know, fifteen footer over a bigger defender, uh, taking uh, you know Anthony Davis on these long jumpers, and then what I really enjoyed was the actual final play. So the Lakers had just gone up um, one, and uh, the Heat had the ball with like about twenty plus seconds left. You know, shot clock turned off. Um, obviously, everyone knew that the ball was going to go to Jimmy Butler. Uh, LeBron obviously was matched up on Jimmy Butler. Um, and what, you know, I think what the Lakers were expecting Jimmy Butler to do was, okay, he's going to call for a screen. He's going to try to get a mismatch, probably attack, you know, one of the Lakers smaller defenders, um, rescreen again, because again, you have plenty of time. You have 20 seconds. You're probably trying to get a good shot off. And what, uh, the Lakers did was they tried to avoid this mismatch, but Jimmy Butler saw this immediately. And took the Lakers by surprise because Jay Crowder flipped the screen, set a great screen on LeBron, who was on Butler. Um, the Lakers were trying to uh, hedge or whatever, but you know they kind of got a little bit confused in the mismatch. And right there, Jimmy Butler saw that slight second of indecision. He was decisive. He drove right down the lane, picked up his dribble early, took two hard steps into the lane, and got to the spot at the rim before Jimmy Butler, before Anthony Davis could rotate and contest. And it was a foul. He got the two free throws, and that's how the Heat went up one. I mean, for, I mean seriously. I mean the the things Jimmy Butler did in this game, 
was absolutely sensational. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals. At the end of the third quarter, he had, he was already one rebound shy of a triple-double. And for most of the game, this guy was shooting like 75%. He missed a couple of shots, got to the free throw line 12 times, guarded LeBron. There was a, you know, there was a shot at the end there where Jimmy, um, he, he got the foul call going to the rim and, uh, and, and the, and the camera pan over to Jimmy and the guy was just exhausted, hunched over, like on the stanchion, just, just, you know, pouring sweat and, and you just have to respect the heart of this competitor, man. I mean, Jimmy Butler, if, if he has not won your respect over in these finals, I don't know what you're watching, but he has been absolutely incredible. Uh, and you have to give him all the credit in the world. The only reason the Heat are still in this, the only reason the Heat have taken two games off the Lakers is because of Jimmy Butler. And he's had two all-time performances. And, and, and I mean that. All-time level performances by Jimmy Butler uh, in this series to keep the, the 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 heat in it, and honestly, the Heat have won the last the two of the last three. So you know you can arguably say they have a little bit more momentum. But seriously, it all comes down to Jimmy because it wasn't like okay, Duncan Robinson gave them a lot, you know, uh, but it wasn't like the the Heat supporting cast were like you know supporting him. There was no second guy. Adebayo wasn't really scoring well, missing a lot of layups. It was Jimmy carrying this team, and man, you had to give him so much credit. He's so tough. Um, but the last play, yeah. So look. Um, the Lakers still had the ball um, because Jimmy Butler went early and got the two free throws early. Um, the Lakers had about 15 seconds to come up with their play down one. Now, uh, the Lakers had a timeout. Uh, unsurprisingly, they used their timeout to advance the ball to set up their play. Um, you know, you can one could make the argument that they ne- didn't necessarily need to call that timeout. They could have just gone ahead with it. Uh, and then, you know, you would have a timeout in a situation where if the play goes wrong, you could, you know, maybe call it. Now, that's how it turned out, but um, you can't hate the decision necessarily, okay? You call timeout, it's pretty standard procedure. You set up your play, you get your substance and everything, right? Um, so, they go to LeBron, uh, down one, and LeBron calls for the screen from whoever the, the Heat's weakest defender was, probably Robinson, uh, and Robinson happened to be guarding Danny Green, who had just checked into the game. Now, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for Danny. Danny is uh, obviously a champion with the Raptors. You know, just a really nice guy. Um, you know, you know, met him, worked with him a little bit as well. Just a really, really good dude. Um, literally have nothing bad to say about this guy in terms of what he is. But in this, in the context of this series, he's got a bad hip um, that, you know, he's not been moving around well. He's been kind of hobbling, waddling around. Uh, and he was, it was not like he was on fire in this game. Um, you know, the Lakers actually had some decent shooting, uh, today on, on the whole. I mean, 14 of 38, LeBron was ridiculous with the step backs, but you know, KCP was hidden, AD was hidden, whatever. So they, they called Danny Green to the game. He had been sitting for, I believe, the fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter up to this point. He was in foul trouble, couldn't really get into a rhythm, you know, whatever. Also, it's, you know, Dan, it's Danny Green, right? But, um, okay, so they use Danny Green for the screen. Now, uh, you know, LeBron, he sees this, he drives, he knows the whole entire heat defense is coming to him because LeBron had just scored the last, like, five straight possessions. LeBron... He 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 puts his head down. He drives hard. He drives early, like Jimmy Butler did. And this time, literally, like all five Heat players were in the paint waiting for LeBron. And LeBron made the right play. He kicked it out to uh, to Danny Green, and 
you know, it, it wasn't the greatest of passes. You know, LeBron, uh, obviously, he drove with the intention to score, but he also drove with the intention to score so that he can get the pass off as well. He was in midair. You know, it wasn't the greatest kickout pass. It wasn't the cleanest. Danny, you know, it was a slide to the right of Danny. Danny had to, re, you know, regain control of the ball and then shoot. But Danny was as wide open as could possibly be. And, um, yeah, he just missed it. Uh, it was really short. It was really, really short. Um, it, it barely uh, grazed the rim. The rebound then was secured by the Lakers, despite the fact that the Heat have everybody inside the paint. The ball goes right to um, Markeith Morris. And at this point, there's about six, seven seconds left when Markeith gets the rebound. Um, and the man just panics. The man panics. First up, there's no timeout left. Okay. Um, again, arguably the Lakers could have left themselves with a timeout for this exact situation. They chose not to. Okay, whatever. Um, and yeah, Markeith, instead of reversing the ball back to LeBron on the perimeter, you probably figured LeBron was going to take a jumper at that point. But I mean, LeBron can get a jumper off over Jimmy Butler or whoever. Um, but instead, he sees that Anthony Davis is in the post, kind of has good post position. But uh, throws the pass and, uh, you know, Bam was able to clear out AD off the block. And the pass just looks terrible. If sails out of bounds, the you know Lakers pretty much lose the game on that. It, it was a tough sequence. It was a really tough sequence. And a little bit, if you were a Laker fan watching this, probably anticlimactic in, in, in the sense that, you know, you have um, so much momentum heading into that shot. You know, it seemed like the Lake, whoever was going to get the last shot was going to win that game because... The way LeBron was scoring, the way Jimmy Butler was scoring, like you know, seriously, no one could get, no one could be stopped. They just kept trading baskets, and you would have figured maybe LeBron, you know, okay, instead of you know doing that, maybe he, he jab steps and takes a jumper instead of driving into the paint. But it's just a, it's just an unfortunate sequence all, all all around. I mean, it's not a bad play. You would not criticize this play if it happened any other time in the game. Uh, but you know. Because of the scope in which it happened, of course, everything like that, it's going to be questioned. I personally, I don't hate it, man. I really don't hate it. Again, if you don't trust Danny Green to take a wide open three, then what do you have him for, right? Why did you sign him for fifteen million, right? Like, what is he on the roster for, right? And so you have to trust him in that play. Now, if if I was Frank Vogel, I would obviously have had second, you know, I would probably second guess myself in terms of putting Danny into the game because he was ice cold in that game. He, he was ice cold. He had not really played. Um, you know, I, yeah, he's one of your best shooters, but he hasn't really been performing that well in this playoffs. And, yeah, you know, it is you know it is what it is. And then, you know, you can also argue in terms of, like, if you're LeBron, you might have just could have called someone else to come up and screen for you. Again, if you're involving someone in that screen play, that person needs to be absolutely ready to shoot the ball and confident to shoot the ball because... Um, you know, I mean, you, you just know everyone's going to LeBron at the end of the game. So someone should be open. Uh, and that person needs to be ready to shoot and, you know, whatever. But at, at the same time, it's a, it's a make or miss league. And, and LeBron got Danny Green a wide open look. You know, could have thrown him a bit better pass. Danny obviously is not hot right now. But, you know, it, it's not a bad play. And I, I just, I feel bad for, I, I feel really bad for Danny because he's going to take so much heat for this. Um... And I don't think it's entirely fair, but you know that that is what it is. You know, I, I know I know Laker fans have already sort of lost their patience with Danny in the first place. This cannot help. This must be really hurting in terms of his confidence and and his morale. 
you know, as, as you can expect, the nature of social media the way it is, you know, it could feel like the whole world is bearing down on you, especially when you're inside a bubble and you don't have any actual contact with the outside world. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, ultimately, it was a fantastic game. Fantastic game. And LeBron was... I mean, LeBron was sensational, too. As good as Jimmy Butler was, LeBron was even, arguably even better. Um, now, you know, LeBron gives you 40-13-7-3 in 42 minutes, 15 of 21, 6-9 from 3. The threes were unbelievable because, you know, what the Lakers, what what, what the, the Heat did, obviously, was... They went under a lot of screens. They tried to keep LeBron out of the paint as much as possible. He really didn't get to the free throw line that much. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what LeBron did was just, he saw that they were like going under on him. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot the three. And this is one of those games where LeBron was red hot from three, step backs from three, you know, you know, and he was knocking down all the shots he needed to. And he was consistently clutch. The plays that he was making, man, in transition, just like, uh, getting pulled, everything like that, finishing and one. Incredibly clutch performance. There's nothing you could really say. And again, if Danny Green hits that shot, which is a wide open three, if he hits that shot, everybody is talking so much about LeBron, about how he's so unselfish. You know, this is what separates him from Michael. Not only can he score, but he passes. You know, I mean, this will be like the, the, the Michael's play the, to, to Steve Kerr and stuff like that. Like, it will be like that, except Danny Green was no Steve Kerr in this situation. But nevertheless, he made the right play. And, and LeBron was sensational throughout the course of this game. I. I you know, there's one play in the fourth quarter there where um, LeBron came down, drove the ball, uh, kicked it to uh, Kyle Kuzma, opened in the corner, in the left corner, and Kuzma missed the three. And LeBron is somehow the quickest one to act, the one who's most energetic. Somehow, like this game, everyone was exhausted. LeBron collects the offensive rebound and immediately flips it, and he has the presence of mind to flip it right to Kuzma. Um, uh, who was, was cutting through the paint and was able to get Kuzma layup. And it's just like, you know, I think that play right there, obviously LeBron made a million great plays and that's just a whatever random play. But that just shows me, A, the endurance that he has to to be the first one off the floor, the quickest one off the floor. Um, the, the, the fact that, you know, he has that court vision to set up Kuzma for literally two of the most valuable shots in the game, wide open corner three, wide open layup. Um and yeah, I mean, just the, again, the presence of mind by LeBron, man. I mean, he was sensational. And he was making all the shots. Like, you know, it, it, you know, it was a weird game in the sense that AD did give them a lot. 28 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks, 42 minutes, 9 of 15 from the field. He had 2 of 5 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Continues to be so money on these jab step jumpers is ridiculous. Um, and gave them great defense. You know, it's not like LeBron was alone, but it's just, man, um, LeBron was on another level, and he was sensational. I mean, it, it's rare actually to see another wing player go at LeBron at this at, at this level. I mean, what Butler was doing honestly was Kevin Durant esque. It reminded me uh, the only other comparable I have is just KD going at him like that. Um, but yeah, LeBron was sensational, man. And even with Butler draped all over him and stuff, LeBron was still able to get forty, thirteen, and seven. It's it was just a fantastic finals match, and I think everyone should be happy about it. I mean, again, if, you're, if your takeaway after this game is to shit on Danny Green, then I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, you're, you're denying yourself of just how much of an enjoyable basketball performance we've seen. And now, you know, we have this very, very interesting game six set up here. Now, 
a couple of things in terms of tactics that I wanted to sort of highlight. I think one, it was really interesting to see how the Heat adjusted to the fact that, um, and, you know, they knew that Anthony Davis was going to be on Jimmy Butler. That was the uh, big chess move by the Lakers in game four that helped them take a 3-1 lead. AD on Butler neutralized a lot of what Butler did. Butler saw a good game, but it wasn't like a 40-point game. What turned the tides back in Butler's favor was that the fact that, yo, the Heat are just a really smart team. Listen, man, Eric Spolstra, Asian legend. I've been trying to tell people this. Uh, he is an incredibly smart coach, and he showed it again tonight, making a number of adjustments for Jimmy Butler to get open. And, you know, one, you know, part of that was just, okay, you're going to sag off Jimmy Butler? And, and that's what Anthony Davis was doing. Like, literally, they would set screens for Butler, and AD would be, like, in the paint going underneath. So you're gonna you're gonna give Jimmy Butler that treatment? Okay, that's fine. Jimmy Butler, what he's gonna do? We're gonna flip that pick and roll. Jimmy Butler's gonna run that pick and roll, and you're gonna he's gonna run that dribble handoff for Duncan Robinson, for Tyler Hero, for Kendrick Nunn. And in that situation, if you're gonna tag all the way off of him, well then it's a two on one on the perimeter. It's a two on one on the perimeter, right? Because your your big man is all the way back trying to go under the screen. Well, I mean, we've seen how lethal some of these guys are on the Heat in terms of catch and shoot plays. So uh, if you're gonna do that to Jimmy. Well, some guys are going to be open, and we saw Duncan Robinson really, really light it up for uh, the Heat 26 points tonight in terms of seven threes as well. But what the the Heat are also really great at is, you know, uh, okay, so occasionally, yeah, maybe they'll sniff it out. Uh, they'll come out to the perimeter. Well, then Jimmy Butler would slip to the rim, and uh, on occasionally he was able to roll to the rim, get open, score that way. Now... This was not how he was scoring down the stretch. Um, you can make adjustments to get yourself into a game, but then you still need your superstars to deliver the result. Um, but, you know, keeping Butler engaged early, keeping him engaged throughout, having all these counters to go through it is really smart. And it is really smart. I mean, to, to counter here was not necessarily intuitive. It always feels smart and, and easy when you think about it in retrospect, but it's not easy at all. And it takes a lot of guts as a coach to call that because what you're saying is you're taking the ball out of your best player's hands. You're telling Butler to give up the ball so that you can open up more opportunities for Butler. And, you know, you got to credit Butler for for being with the screen and sort of reshift his game. I and mean, he basically played the role of Bam Adebayo for a good portion of this game. Um, but, you know, you also got to give credit to the coaching staff. And then the other thing, you know, that the, the, the Heat did a really good job of was they, instead of using their big men to come screen for Butler, they would use their, their guards. And, you know, a lot of times they would come up with the um, the, the, the double screen at the top. And, you know, with, with Robinson and Hero or or, or none, uh, two of the three of those guys come at the side of the screen. And so, you know, what happens a lot when you when you call for that high double screen is that a lot of the times um, defenses will, especially modern defenses, will try to switch. They're not going to try to, like, maintain the exact same um, assignments. And, and, you know, what that makes it really difficult is you can't really... Sh- like hedge and 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 come out really high as you normally can on a regular pick and roll. You know, uh, you can force the guy away from the paint and stuff like that. On a double screen like that, you're not really hedging that much. You probably give him a switch, and that able that was able to you know uh, create some switches where Jimmy Butler was able to go at someone other than Anthony Davis. But honestly, part of you know this whole game was that Ant- and Jimmy Butler was just more aggressive. Yeah, Anthony Davis is gonna play you, man, and it's gonna be hard to you know score over him and stuff like that. That's fine. Once in a while, you got to shoot over him, man. You can go, you know, you, you can still get your mid range off. You can still get a, a screen deep in the paint so that Anthony Davis is like pretty much at the rim, giving that Rondé screen. And, you know, you can shoot that mid range jumper. You can pull up for three once in a while over him. 
And um, yeah, and Jimmy just stayed involved, involved, involved. And, and and again, this guy could not be stopped. But it was a great coaching um, adjustment there by by Eric Spolstra. I, you know, even though Anthony Davis is a really great defender against Jimmy, but you know so that's one of the things when you have a great coach is that you can elevate your great players. And I think that's what Eric Spolstra continues to do for pretty much everybody on the Miami Heat. So you got to give him a lot of credit. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. I'm sure, you know, we'll see even more adjustments going into game six, you know, in terms of the Lakers are probably anticipating some of these moves. Uh, maybe they shift some pieces around, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I think honestly, the biggest adjustment for the Lakers right now is you just take Dwight Howard out of this game, man. Dwight has not made an impact in any of the five games here. Maybe you okay. Maybe you can argue game two when you know the, the 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 Lakers were just getting every offensive rebound and Dwight was making some passes in transition like he was magic or something, you know. Like, but in in, in any of the close games, Dwight Howard has not made any impact. They keep benching Dwight after the first and third quarters. So why do you have him in for the first and third quarters? And it's not like Dwight's giving you something productive in the short fifteen minutes that he plays. He never gets the ball. The spacing is bad. People attack him on defense, and all Dwight really does out there is just clownery, right? And, and that's the weird thing about Dwight this whole playoffs. I mean, I get it. He Everyone has a role to play. Uh, I thought he was effective and, and contributed to um, the Lakers' series win in the conference in the Western Conference Finals over the Denver Nuggets, you know, in terms of his post-defense. Everything like that was great. But the thing is, for a guy who's going into the Hall of Fame, and Dwight is going into the Hall of Fame, even though his, he's really only had a great first half of his career, the second half of his career is, you know, nothing really to... nothing that special, quite honestly. But... He's gone from being a Hall of Famer to, like, being a seven-foot Patrick Beverly. Like, what are you doing out there, man? So, so Dwight, early in the game, locks horns with Jimmy Butler, uh, nearly throws an elbow into Butler's face. They, you know, they get into the, you know, you know, not really a fight, but they kind of lock up, stare at each other, yell at each other. Both guys get texts, okay? All right, that's already something. But then in the third quarter, Jimmy Butler is wide open. He goes to the rim. He goes in for uh, a layup off the putback. And Dwight Howard sees this, makes no play at the ball, and just smacks Jimmy Butler right across the head. Right across the head. Late contest, everything like that. Clearly a flagrant foul. He was lucky to not get a flagrant two, considering the way people are protecting the head nowadays, which is completely fair. I mean, listen, you, I don't know what was more important than to actually protect your head. Uh, you know, in terms of officiating and everything like that. But he he whacks Jimmy Butler across the head and gives Jimmy Butler extra free throws, extra possessions. Like, I don't know what you're doing out there, man. It's, it's just a negative. So take Dwight out. Now, the issue is today, Markeith Morris was not really great. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was not really that great either. So, like, they were a little bit light in terms of, okay, you have LeBron and, uh, and, and AD. That's a size advantage that you will always have when you have those two guys in the lineup. But then some of the other guys that were trying to shuffle in there, you know, they still usually try to have someone who's kind of a bit of a token center, whether that's, you know, Markeith, occasionally Kuzma, not really. Um, but those guys weren't really that great either, so I don't know what to say. But, um, yeah, maybe that's probably the adjustment. It's just don't start the game with Dwight Howard because, you know, it... it the flow of a game matters too. If you let people get into the game early, if you you know if you allow the the rhythm of a game to be dictated in such a sense, um, it's not great. And I thought the Heat started the first quarter well. They started the third quarter well, and I don't know what Dwight's offering them. So take them out. And then for the late for the the Heat, they've already kind of made their moves in terms of how they want to do it because uh, season on the line elimination game. Um, Eric Spolstra cuts his rotation down to only seven. 
right? He's he's actually gone a little bit deeper into the bench despite the fact he's had some injuries. He's tried Myers Leonard. He's tried, you know, Derek Jones Jr. once in a while. Solomon Hill will make his random, you know, uh, appearance. And, and, you know, and yeah, you know, but, and of course, Olenek has been a big part, especially with some of the injuries. But uh, Spo went to just seven guys. And, you know, he went to Iguodala as his backup center. Quite honestly, you know, I don't hate it. I mean, he can, he still has some of the best hands in the league, and he still changes some games with that. But defensively, it's just it's so it, it, you're just so light on the on the inside. You're gonna give up offensive rebounds. I don't know what it is. I mean, the, you can't even blame that one on injuries. Really, that's just a construction issue because that's what the Heat have made. They've just not really, you know, had centers on the roster. Uh, Bam is the only center, so they played Iggy. They got away with it today. I'm not sure they can get away with it every single time. They cut Olenek from the thing, so, you know, defensively they're a little bit more solid. And they just had to pray. And they got enough supporting cast guys. I mean, like, you know, Kendrick Nunn came in, gave them some uh, buckets. He scored. He was pretty fearless. He got going early, so they kind of carried that momentum over. A little bit surprised by that. But, you know, again, the, the Lakers don't have that much great perimeter defense. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at, you know, Caruso is probably their best perimeter defender. Rondo comes in. He's disruptive sometimes. But you can go at KCP. You can go at Danny Green. And that's what Nunn was doing. Hero gave them a little bit of scoring as well. But, I mean, really, that main guy that came in was Duncan Robinson. He was sensational. 26 points. Um, and, you know, you know, my uh, former Pound the Rock uh, and former score uh, uh, basketball uh, writer, um, Joe Wolfond, um, he, he pointed this out on Twitter where he's like, you know what, this was a really great game from Duncan Robinson in the sense that it was a physically taxing uh, game in terms of he was always being targeted by LeBron. He how he had to come out and show and hedge and then scramble back on defense pretty much every single time. And then on offense, he has, he's just running around like he's running laps. I mean, I would love to see the the, the Fitbit numbers on <laughs> on Duncan Robinson because this guy might be running like Engolo in, in Kante level of just like all over the pitch, man. This guy is. Tireless, and of course he got himself open. I mean, that's how that's the only time he's gonna get open if he, if he's gonna be able to run around nonstop. And he got himself open, and not only that, but he had the legs to actually hit seven of those threes, including an and one late where Kyle Kuzma lost track of him, then ran right into him, then complained about you know the foul call as if it was not clearly a foul. It's mad annoying when people do that, but yeah, Duncan Robinson is great, and and the Heat. I mean, look, I mean that's really impressive, man. They. You know, they, the fact that they have forced the game six is, is, is amazing. But uh, if I had to guess, I, I would say the Lakers will take game six. I just think that they have a little bit more going for them. Their top two guys in terms of LeBron and AD are just a, a level above what the Teats top two are. Despite the fact that Butler is matching LeBron for production in a, in a lot of these games. But yeah, who knows, man? Honestly, I, and and listen, if the Heat win Game Six and we get a Game Seven, ooh, ooh, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. But um, yeah, fantastic game. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's just a sensational uh, entertainment product. And listen, I know people are always complaining about ratings and stuff like that, man. I mean, come on, man. This is sensational. Uh, the, a lot of bubble basketball isn't great. The finals have been a little underwhelming because of the first two games, but. It's coming around. It's coming around. The last three games. No one can argue with any of the entertainment value of the last three games. And especially tonight. This was an incredible game. Uh, in terms of your three stars, uh, 
Jimmy Butler gets the first star. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals, a block, 11 of 19 for shooting, a 3 in uh, Anthony Davis's eye, 12 of 12 on the free throw line. Game-winning free throws, 47 minutes and 12 seconds played. Ridiculous effort from Jimmy Butler, man. Uh, second star, I'll give that to LeBron. 40, 13, 7, 3, 42 minutes, 15 and 21, 6 and 9 from 3. The threes are ridiculous. If LeBron's hitting threes, they almost always win. So for the fact that Miami was able to stave off an elimination, I mean, you know, kudos to them. Um, for LeBron's sensational game. And then third star, Anthony Davis, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. You know, AD actually tweaked his foot twice. Um, and, you know, AD has obviously a bit of a fragile in- injury history. Uh, he was able to play through it, but honestly, at the end of the game, he was just, like, limping around. He could barely get past half court. Uh, after the game, he said he'll be ready for game six. I have no doubt he'll be ready for game six. I mean, it's to the point now in the playoffs where it's just like, if you can physically play, then you will play. Um, I don't think AD is going to be 100%, but, <laughs> bro, he doesn't have to be 100% to be this productive. But sensational, man. Uh, you know, hit the threes, hit the free throws, everything like that. Was still incredible on defense. You know, I honestly, it's it was a great game. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's got to go to Duncan Robinson. 26 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 8 of 15 shooting, 7 of uh, 13 from 3. Uh, you know, he actually had the best plus minus on the uh, the, the Heat tonight, plus 7. Uh, just 2 points better than Butler. Um, so, you know, good for Duncan, man. He, he it's It's been an unbelievable story. He's... He's he's kind of like the threat of this of these playoffs. He really is uh, on draft and everything like that. So it's hard not to root for a story like that. Uh, and then in terms of your Patrick Patterson award, I know I said don't don't get on Danny Green, but I mean come on man, Danny missed that three again. It would have been great if somehow the Lakers won the championship because Danny Green hit a game winning three. Uh, that would be uh, off script, I would say, but you know. This is Danny, and and people are going to be more mad at Danny. And again, he's just such a nice guy, man. But it's it's unfortunate what happened to him, man. It's it's it's. I feel bad. I, I really want to root for Danny, but people, are, Laker fans are are uh, a vicious group, and they they are they are definitely going to be on Danny's ass about this one. So uh, keep your head up, Danny, man. You go, you know, you're you're always a Raptors champion, and um and yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm really looking forward to Game 6. I can't wait for Game 6. Listen, uh, I, obviously, I've been lamenting a lot about the fact that, you know, uh, this is going to be the end of the season. I, You know, it's part of that is just you don't really know when the next season is going to start. Obviously, so much is in the air. You just want to finish the season as strong as possible and cherish all these last games. And, uh, you know, shout out to the Heat and the Lakers for giving us three incredibly great competitive games. Story. Uh, packed in terms of just like you know storylines and everything like that intriguing games storylines are everywhere uh, and I can't wait for game 6 I'm not going to make any predictions my prediction at this outside of the series is Lakers in 6 uh, obviously circumstances have changed so whatever but um, you know I'm probably still sticking to it but uh, yeah I don't know man <laughs> Jimmy Butler has been so good it's it's hard to believe so um, thanks everyone for watching thanks everyone for listening Um yeah, I'll be I'll be back up to game six. I, I I really can't wait. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. 
Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.